ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out (laughs) on this podcast. What we're going to talk about is hip hop. More specifically, we're going to take a look at two cities in hip hop and kind of do a deep dive as far as their influence on hip hop. Those two cities being New York City and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I came to this uh, idea for this podcast uh, because one of my homeboys, my boy Hakeem, shout out to Hawk, um, he sent me this meme via text. And the meme said it was uh, it was a picture of four cities, right? And the four cities were New York, Atlanta, L.A., and I want to say Chicago, right? And the caption on the meme said, you know, which city had the biggest impact on hip hop. And so I texted him back and I said, well, I think it's New York. <laughs> and Hakeem, who's from Harlem, texted me back and said, I think it's Atlanta. <laughs> and so subsequently we had, you know, some corresponding texts going back and forth. Um, about it. So I, I found it interesting that the kid who lives in Atlanta calls Atlanta home, didn't bump for Atlanta. And the kid who's from New York City didn't bump for New York City. Um, but I wanted to dive into it a little bit and kind of look at it from both sides. Uh, obviously, when you're talking about um, the influence that a particular city can have on a particular genre. Uh, It depends on a couple of things. It depends on one, who you're asking, (laughs) because, you know, if you're asking somebody that's 25, you know, their perspective is going to be a little bit different as opposed to asking someone who's 45. And the reason being is because not necessarily because the person who's 45 knows more, but if they're a hip hop head, they've definitely been around because you have to keep in mind that, hip-hop was created or at the time it was rap rap was created in 1973 and for me i was born in 1972 now i don't want you to get it twisted i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't in my diapers walking around saying hip hop did hip it hip it hop hop don't stop <laughs> i wasn't doing none of that but you know i go a long way back with rap And again, that's not to, you know, down anyone who's 25 years old. But again, it really is going to depend on who you ask. Also, it depends on what factors that you use. But what I I wanted to do is take this podcast to kind of look at both sides. Uh, For New York City, when you talk about and think about its influence, um, obviously, New York is the foundation. It is the birthplace of hip hop. Uh, Sedgwick Avenue in uh, in particular, more specific uh, in the Bronx, New York City, 
Thank you. Cool. Herc. Um, and that was 1973. Keep in mind that from that particular moment that Cool Herc threw out his first rap party, um, rap changed over the years. I mean, like, you went from that to um, Sugar Hill Gang to getting a story of the slums of the ghetto in a song like The Message from Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel and the Furious Five. Uh, then you went to cats who were like street corner B-boys like Run DMC and LL Cool J in the mid 80s. Then you went to some of the lyrical wizards from the 80s like Rakim, Karis One, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, and Slick Rick. Then you had the native tongue era of the late 80s and early 90s of, you know, acts like A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, the Jungle Brothers, so forth and so on. And then progressing into the 90s with East Coast heavyweights like Wu-Tang, Nas, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Puff, just to name a few. Also during that time, you got to understand as well for New York City, it went from rap to hip hop. And in that process, it went from being a fad to a billion dollar industry. And what I mean by being a fad was like there was a sentiment at one particular time that rap was probably going to last as long as disco. <laughs> it was going to last as long as breakdancing did. And I remember that. And, and I, what I, one of the things that I distinctly remember was having the feeling that I was gravitating towards something in rap that I'd never seen or heard before. But at the same time, I was also overly concerned that I could wake up one day and it was gone. And so you cherished every tape that you got. You cherished every song that you heard because, quite honestly, you just didn't have it at your fingertips. And it was such something that was so exclusive at one particular time. You just did not know if it was going to keep going on, but you cherished it and relished it for as long as you could. And that was the mid 80s. Right. And so it goes from that to hip hop. And so it went from being a fad to a billion dollar industry. And I've always said and me and Eclectic have talked about it on, on my podcast, on his podcast. You know, everything changed once the money came. You know, <laughs> hip hop went from not selling out to selling everything. <laughs> Novel concept. There was a point in hip hop where it, you were actually looked down upon for having a lot of records being sold. Like it wasn't cool for you to sell a lot of records. You, you were considered to be a sellout. Imagine that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so New York saw that. And then, you know, lastly, New York saw just the the idea and the concept of being the standard. Um at that particular time in, in rap and hip hop, 
it was about being from New York City, right? And not just being from New York, but you had to be able to rhyme. Um, if you couldn't do that, you weren't even considered to be good. And to be honest, there was a point, a, a good stretch in rap, hip hop, where if you weren't from New York City, you weren't looked upon as an MC, period. So all of that is rolling in New York's favor. Then on the flip side, you have Atlanta. Um, things changed for Atlanta. Things changed for the South in particular, but more specifically for Atlanta. Um, I always say the line that was drawn in the sand was at the 1995 Source Awards. Uh, me and Eclectic did a podcast on that. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it in the archives. We we did it a little bit, almost a year ago. Um, it was a two-parter, and, and Eclectic crushed it. And we just, we talked about it. Um, but Outkast getting booed at the 1995 Source Award after winning an award, an award that the fans thought Biggie should have won, for his album, and keep in mind, Biggie won four awards that night, but Outkast got booed for winning Best New Artist. Um, but everything changed at that particular time when Outkast got booed and Andre 3000 came up on the stage and famously said that the South had something to say. The line in the sign, Sam was drawn. At that point, you know, Southern acts weren't even trying to get down with, you know, being from New York or the idea or looking for acceptance from New York, because as great as, you know, Southern playlistic Cadillac music album was, it didn't get no airplay on hot 97 in New York. <laughs> it wasn't happening. I mean, the idea or the concept of a New York city radio station playing anybody beyond what Philadelphia was foreign. I mean, like that just, it didn't happen. Um, but that was something that was a feather in the cap for Atlanta. And what it did was it pushed, you know, MCs and, and, and everybody here just to step their game up. And they were just determined to be from where, from where they were from and to make the kind of music that they liked and not necessarily looking to appeal to anyone. Um, by the mid 2000s, the game changed. And what I mean by that is that everybody here. And when I say here, I say Atlanta because I live here. I, I moved here in 1997. So a lot of what I'm saying, I actually <laughs> kind of witnessed with my own eyes. Um, by that time, everybody here was working together and they were just banging out hits. Like, it wasn't anything for you to hear a T.I., Lil John, um, on the radio. And then it wasn't anything for you to see a Youngbloods video and Jeezy on the video set or, you know, Goody Mob on the video set. And, and cats would just pull up and just post up in their videos. And... It was a sense of community. It was a sense of, hey, we're working together. Hey, it was a sense of, hey, we we are cool with each other. Um, and they decided to collaborate and just make hits and sounds for themselves and for the city. And it just really just took off. Um, 
and I'd probably say the last feather in the cap for Atlanta was the growth and expansion of the city itself, right? Um, because New York had rap on lock, and then there was a few years where LA had <laughs> they had they had the game, the rap game on lock, period. But then Outkast breaks breaks through. And, you know, they stamped their name as, you know, one of the biggest acts to come out of this city. And then you had other acts to come through like Goody Mob and Ludacris and T.I., Little John, excuse me, Little John, not Little John, <laughs> Little John. And even R&B acts like Usher, you know, they began to appear more and more on the radio and the city gained a lot of exposure. And then ultimately what happened was you had people from all across the country and all across the world that started moving here. And you had companies, major media outlets started coming here and production companies and and record labels. Hey, we're going to go to Atlanta. This is the new Mecca. This is the New York of the South. This is the new Motown. It's been called everything from that to black Hollywood. I mean, so, you know, all of the things that you, had in New York City or LA for the most part you could get here and by and large you could get it cheaper now of course LA and <laughs> LA and New York you know aren't Atlanta by any stretch of the the imagination this is a much smaller city when compared to those two um cities but over that period of time, over the last 20 years, Atlanta has grown. And I, and I can't say that, I mean, I'm sure that New York and um, L.A. have grown as well, but Atlanta has expanded outward, wherein I think New York and L.A. have expanded upward. Um, so that begs the question is, how did Atlanta take over? Uh, Atlanta's probably over the last 20 years has run hip hop. So how did it happen? I read something that really stuck out in, in, it, in an article and it said Atlanta became the hip hop mecca because it built an infrastructure where each generation helps the next crop of generation of artists get on. While New York has no farm system and has had infighting for the past 20 years. Close quote. Um, and when I read that, I was like, damn. I hadn't really thought about it like that. But when you look at, for example, um, if you follow the rapper Lil Baby, not to be confused with the baby or baby squirt or baby fart. (laughs) But Lil Baby, I mean, like I remember him seeing him in an interview and he said that, you know, Young Thug, who is also from Atlanta, you know, literally paid him money to stay out of the streets and to get into the studio. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't his artist, but he just, Young Thug saw something in Lil Baby and said, look, I want you in the studio. Get off the streets. Stop hustling. You can take this somewhere. He saw, you know, a level of talent in him. And not to say that New York artists, artists don't put each other on, because they do. But when you have that type of transaction happening, I think that speaks volumes to the camaraderie and the friendship and and the relationships that are cultivated and have been cultivated, cultivated here in Atlanta. 
Um, but ultimately, I think one of the biggest reasons why Atlanta took over is that the sound changed. And what I mean by the sound, meaning the sound as far as how hip hop sounds um, universally. Uh, universally, I will say as a hip hop head, you know, hip hop is less lyrical now than it was 20 years ago or 25 years ago. And now it's no knock on it. It is what it is. It's just not, you know, it doesn't take a rocket science to scientist to figure that out. Um, but I think Atlanta in more, more specifically, I think Atlanta was a place where it was less lyrical than New York, but the music was more infectious. Uh, it had a bop to it. It had something where people could, you know, really, particularly the younger people could really, really relate to. Um, and it became infectious and it became a situation where people gravitated towards the music. Um, over that same period of time, I think, and it's always been my knock on, you know, New York MCs, but, and not all, but some, if you listen to them rap, you know, it's 140 bars about how much I'm going to kill you, how much I'm going to shoot you, how much I'm going to stab you and shoot you with this and (laughs) fill you up with holes. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a place in rap for that. There's a place that some people find that entertaining. I think the average fan is only going to listen to that, but for so long. But if you make something simple and it's got a catchy, you know, hook and it's got a trap beat or something that somebody can bob to and they don't necessarily have to know the words. I think the more simple, simple, less lyrical, less (laughs) gun filled lyrics will probably take hold before that will. So I think overall in rap, the sound changed. And I think that was part of New York's downfall is that their sound just kind of stayed the same and, and may have gotten a little bit more stale, wherein Atlanta's sound was evolving. It was a little bit less lyrical, but it was very simple easy to listen, easier for the fans to listen to and the fans gravitated towards it. Um, another way that Atlanta took over, you know, it's, it's a major city in the South and a couple of things that Atlanta has here going for this for itself was, you know, huge radio stations and clubs, more specifically strip clubs. Um, and I think, when you can get DJs to push your songs on the radio and you can get them to push them in the clubs and push them even more in the strip clubs, it makes for success for that particular artist or that particular, um, you know, song. Like I'll give you an example. Like I remember the first time that I heard, uh, icy by uh, Gucci Mane and Jeezy. It was in, club strokers (laughs) strip club and the thing that i do and the song wasn't even really outlet it wasn't on the radio i'll put it like that 
um, what was interesting about the song was I remember I, I specifically remember that night because the DJ played it four times that night. Right. And each time that he played it, the strippers in the strip club would go crazy. And what was even more crazy about the song, like they knew the lyrics. And this, I promise you, this song had not been out. This song may have been out a week by the time that me and my partners heard it at the strip club. But when you can get it pushed on the radio like that, or you can get it pushed in the strip clubs, sky's the limit. Because what happens is you hear it in the strip club, then you're going to call the local radio station and say, hey, I want to hear that new Gucci and Jeezy. And (laughs) the first thing they're going to say is, well, we don't have it. Well, I tell you what, you better get it because that song song was scorching on the streets. But that's just an example of how things really kind of worked. And and it's not to say that that didn't happen in New York City, because I'm sure that it did. But, you know, the strip club and the club culture here was able to really, really push a lot of these unknown artists to the forefront. And then subsequently they got radio play and subsequently got a lot of airplay. Um, and then their videos started popping up everywhere. And then by that time, you know, New York was just kind of trying to catch up. Um, and the last thing I'll say as far as, you know, how Atlanta did it, relatively speaking, there weren't any beefs. Um, of course, <laughs> you had the, uh, you know, famous or infamous beef between Jeezy and um, Gucci Mane which resulted in, you know, someone being killed. I mean, it was, that was some street shit. I don't speak on street shit because I ain't no street dude. But for the most part, the beefs, whatever beefs that were had here in the city, it stayed on wax, you know, and more importantly, you were more than likely to see other rappers in each other's videos doing songs together. I don't think you necessarily saw that a lot in New York. I think you had more situations where if G-Unit was doing a, a song, you would see the guys from G-Unit. You wouldn't see Wu-Tang in a G-Unit video. <laughs> it just wasn't happening. And it's not to say that they had any type of beef, but you know, New York at the time, at least for the last better part of the last 10 to 15 years, they've been pushing and struggling so hard to reclaim the title that, you know, it's it's really been about them just trying to get their footing where Atlanta has just kind of picked up the baton and they've been running ever since. Um, so ultimately it asks, I have to ask the question, you know, which is what I started off with, which, which has the biggest influence, um, which city is more important. I think for me, I still think, New York City has the biggest influence merely because New York is the foundation. If 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 New York City, if Cool Herc didn't exist, if Grandmaster Flash didn't exist, if Run DMC didn't exist, if you know LL didn't exist, if Public Enemy didn't exist, if you know Rakim didn't exist, then we wouldn't have what we have today. That said, you know, Atlanta's had hip hop in a headlock for the last 20 years. You know, New York and California, L.A. in particular, they've had their time to run hip hop. But, you know, 
Atlanta's been at the forefront and, you know, it's seen its growth and development. And it's seen also people trying to mimic the sound, mimic the style. Uh, you know, you take a uh, you take a look at a group like the Migos, who, you know, regardless of whether or not you like them or not, they've had a huge influence over the last 10 years on hip hop. I mean, I don't think you can deny that. I, I personally, I can't name three Migos songs, but they've been in the mix, you know. And, you know, artists from other regions are, you know, trying to get that sound. You know, they have trap beats and they have, you know, a lot of artists from New York in particular coming down south to Atlanta to make music they're trying to partner up with artists and, and trying to make things happen and I'm, i don't blame them i mean atlanta is winning whether or not people want to admit it or not impact and influence again that's not something that you can measure with statistics my personal feeling is that new york has had the biggest influence on hip-hop but if you said atlanta was can't be mad at you ladies and gentlemen that's gonna do it for me thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 kyle podcast i'm your boy 12 kyle i'll catch you guys next time five g's